Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, open them up to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. For those of you who don't know me, I run my people through the Word of God, don't I? Revival Christian Center. Yeah, they start to get blisters on the end of their fingers by the end of service. I love giving the Word. It speaks for itself. Amen? You know, this being Christmas and Christmas time as Christmas was approaching, with all of these reports of uh, these atheist groups, agnostic, secular groups trying to take Christ out of Christmas. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen like the O'Reilly Factor on Fox News? I love that. Watching it, you know, Bill O'Reilly was really hammering people about that. But all of these groups trying to, trying to take Christ out of Christmas. You know, what are they so mad about? Why are they taking our day away? Because they have the own day for themselves. April 1st. <laughs> April Fool's Day. Hey, Psalm 14 verse 1 says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Amen. So don't try to steal our day. Go celebrate your own day on April 1st. Hallelujah. That's why I say we, follow, we don't follow a myth. We don't follow a fable. It took place. The word of God declares it and we believe it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we know who's really behind that. Sinful man with the help of demon spirits and Satan himself. Right? He's always trying to get Christ out of every place. Amen. We need to stand strong as the body of Christ. But in today's message now, I want to bring up several different points about Jesus' life. I'm just going to kind of skip around a little bit as the Holy Ghost leads. Is that okay to do this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, let's look at Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. I'll start there. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, or getting ready to marry him, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. Notice, man didn't have any part in that. Amen. Then Joseph, uh, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Totally pure, spotless Lamb of God. And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Verse 22, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken uh, of, of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep, uh, then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord bid him, bid him to do and took unto him his wife. And knew her not till she had brought forth her son and called his name Jesus. In other words, they didn't have sexual relations until after Jesus was born. Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit. Totally pure. Amen. And I'm going to be getting into more of that in a moment here. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. There were so many prophecies given about the coming Messiah in the Old Testament that it's unbelievable. You ask historians and all these people who do, you know, who do that kind of stuff, they say the chances of that happening are just astronomical. It's like you know, filling the whole state of Texas with uh, 10 feet of sand, throwing a pin, and then finding the pin on the first shot. But Jesus fulfilled every single prophecy from the Old Testament. Galatians 4. 4 through 5 says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. You see, it says there, in the fullness of the time. There was a perfect time in history when Jesus was to be born. A perfect time in history when the Lord Jesus Christ had to come on the scene. Uh, it, it didn't just happen just as an accident or chance. There's no such thing as luck. 
or chance. Everything that God does is on purpose. Jesus had to come at a specific time, and he did. And he fulfilled all of the prophecies that were given. Think about that. You know, so listen to me. Everything that God does is on purpose. You are not on this earth at this time because it just happened or because you're an accident. You're here for a purpose. Just like Jesus came and he was born in a specific time. You were born and you are on this earth for a specific purpose that you have to fulfill. God has a purpose for you on this earth. You need to find that purpose and fulfill it. Amen. Just like Jesus did. Amen. In fact, you're so special to God, the Bible says all of your hairs are numbered. Now think about that. that. You know, when I used to read over that, I used to think, oh, okay, well, he just knows how many hairs are on her head, right? No. All of your hairs are numbered. You can take one little piece of hair, and that might be number 585. All of your hairs are numbered. Of course, he knows how many hairs are on your head. But he, that's how special you are to God. So my point is, Jesus had to come for a sp specific purpose in a specific time. You are here for a specific time also. Now, the life of Jesus on this earth was so monumental, so important, that time is divided based on his life and death. B.C. and A.D. B.C. means before Christ. Even atheists use that one. <laughs> Go figure that out. Or A.D., after death. Time is divided based on the life and death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, one man made a huge impact on this earth. Amen? The Son of God. Now, Matthew 1.23, where we're just at. Matthew 1.23 called Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. You know, think about it. God came to this earth and took the form of a human body. He put on what I call an earth suit. He had to, to redeem mankind. He couldn't come as supernatural God. He had to come in the form of, in the likeness of sinful man to redeem mankind. He had to have blood because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Of sins. There's no forgiveness of sins. He had to shed his blood, and that's why he had to put on an earth suit. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, came down to our level to be our example. You know, he didn't just come just to die on this earth, but he came to give us an example of how to live. Amen? But he came, obviously, to put us back into right standing with God. To removing that wall of separation. What is that wall of separation? Sin. Every person born into this earth has original sin. What is original sin? Remember when Adam and Eve sinned? That original sin is passed down. For those of you who don't believe in generational curses, <laughs> that's the first generational curse there because <laughs> it's passed down to every human being in this earth. And that can only be washed away through Jesus Christ Amen. and through his shed blood. Amen? Jesus is a gift to mankind from God the Father. He is truly the gift that keeps on giving. Because it's not just a one time. You know, when people think of salvation, they think, oh, well, great. You know, I received Jesus and I'm going to go to heaven when I die. There's more to it than that. He wants you to live an abundant life on this earth. And he's made provision for that. Amen? Go to John 3.16. John chapter 3, verse 16. Most of you know this. Sideways, backward, forward. Amen. I just want to read it again. We can never read the Word of God too much. Right? Amen. Amen. John 3, 16. I'm going to read through 19. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. 
because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Now, verse 16, I want you to notice there, it says, for God so loved the world. God's motivation for giving his son was love for you, for mankind. Oh yeah, even for Charles Manson, even for the most cold-blooded murderer on the face of this earth. Think about that. How many times do we separate and we say, oh, there's no hope for that person. But you know what? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Said that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Now, and then it goes on to say, whosoever believes in him should not perish. Now, let me tell you this. The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. In other words, he doesn't care how much uh, money you make. He, he's not going to judge you based on how much money you make. He's not going to uh, you know, judge you based on your popularity on this earth. He's no respecter of your person. But God is a respecter of faith. God is a respecter of faith. In fact, a person is saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So someone can't, don't come up and tell me that faith isn't important to God. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please God, right? Now, turn with me to Ephesians 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 here. Whosoever believes in Jesus will not perish. Now, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 say this, says this. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works. Don't try to work your way to heaven, lest any man should boast. Now, notice it says saved, you're saved by grace. The grace of salvation is this. It, it, that doesn't mean by grace are you saved. That don't mean that you can say a sinner's prayer and then you can go live like the devil and expect to go to heaven. You know what I'm saying? For by grace are you saved. The grace of salvation is this. That while we were yet sinners, while mankind was cursing God, while we were still in our sins, God sent his son. That's the grace. Amen. Grace is not a ticket to go live like the devil. And expect just to walk through the pearly gates one day. Because my Bible also says that faith without works is dead. Think about it. Right? Jesus said you can deny him because of your works. I'm going to get into that too in a moment. I'm glad you're here this morning. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But while mankind was cursing God, you see, we didn't deserve it. But he so loved the world. He wanted that partnership. He wanted man to be put back in right standing. He wanted that line of communication back opened up again that he had with Adam and Eve in the garden. We can have that kind of relationship with him through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, like I said, the word says that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. But is every person on this earth saved right now? No. You have to tap into it. How? By faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's this terrible misconception going around uh, in some churches that grace means you can live however you want. Well, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. No, he, he did. But you've got to tap into that grace by faith only through Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, how does a person get saved? Romans 10, 9 through 10. Turn there with me a minute. Romans 10, 9 through 10. I want people here to know exactly on how to get saved. People who are here, people who are listening on the internet right now to this message, people who are listening on 100.9 right now, I want them to know how to get saved. In step-by-step -step directions, it's so easy. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, it says that if thou shalt confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, 
and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man uh, believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto righteousness. So you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he, that he went to the cross, he shed his blood to take your sins away, and God raised him from the dead three days later. You believe that with your whole heart, and then let it come out of your mouth. Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because if you're truly saved, Jesus said the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Matthew 12, 34. If someone truly gets born again, it's going to spill out of their mouth. Amen. Amen. That's why I said before, and I'll say it again, I have a hard time when people walk around and say that they're saved, but the only thing you hear coming out of their mouth is four-letter words and dirty jokes. No, 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 no. Because if there's proof there, it's going to come forth in your life. Through your words, through your deeds, through your actions. That's why the Bible says without, that faith without works is dead. So with your faith, you need corresponding actions. You need to live according to the word of God too. Uh, John 15 says, abide in Christ or continue. Daily live your life according to the word. It's not just a one-time thing, right? Hallelujah. Now, uh, so listen to me. So the provision is there, right? The Lamb of God was slain. He took the sins of the whole world. The provision's there, but man has to tap into it. So let's just make this clear right now. It's not God who sends a person to hell for eternity. The person, each person on this earth has a choice. They hear the gospel, they choose to believe it or not. And if they do, great, they're saved. And if they don't, it's going to be a long eternity in hell. Now that's just the truth. That's what the word of God says. Think about it. It is sad to me. It's unbelievable to think of a person who has been on this earth for 60, 70, 80, 90 years. And when they died, they still went to hell. For all those years, they lived on this life, lived on this earth, in this life. They heard the gospel, but they woke up in hell when, when they took their last breath on this earth. Think about that. When the provision was here the whole time, they didn't tap into it. They chose not to believe in God's way of making man righteous. The only way. Listen to me. Jesus Christ is the only door. It's not Muhammad. It's not Buddha. In fact, you can go to their graves and their bones are still in those tombs. It's not by the works that you do apart from, from yourself, apart from Christ. You can't earn righteousness. The grace of salvation is while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now we must tap into that provision on this earth. You see, religion, religion is man reaching up to God. But Christianity is God reaching down to man. Through his son, Jesus Christ. Think about that. Hallelujah. John 14, 6. Turn there with me. I don't want religion. I want Jesus. It's about relationship with him. Not some religious works that, that you can do. It's not by you praying uh, 10 Hail Marys that makes you righteous. It's through Jesus Christ and only him. Only he can make you righteous. Have you heard the commercial? Any of you heard the commercial on 100.9 and AM 1460 that I have on there for the church? You notice that I have a little clip of where I was preaching. I said, it's only through the blood of Jesus that you can be made righteous. Now, this is going out on the secular radio. Come on. Amen. Amen. It's the truth. It's not a fable. It's not a myth. Amen. Hallelujah. John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but 
by me. No man. See, there's only one way to God. Not many ways. Notice Jesus said, Jesus didn't say there that I am one of the ways. One of the truth. He said he's the truth. There's only one, there's only one truth, not many. One truth. And that's only through the Lord Jesus Christ. So all of these religion, uh, these false religions and cults, you know, the, the real popular thing these days is the New Age movement. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, if you're a Christian, yeah, we accept you. Oh, if you're a Buddhist, oh, yeah, come on in. Come, come and worship with us. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Only through the blood of Jesus you can be made righteous and have eternal life on this earth. So don't be deceived. That's very popular, the New Age movement. You know, or, uh, you know, these, these cults, Jehovah Witness and Mormons and all that, you know, they, they strip Jesus of the deity. They think, oh, he was just a prophet, just a good man, had some good teachings. No, he was God in the flesh. Amen. Came to redeem mankind. Amen. So he is the only way. You see, Jesus was the only person who lived a perfect and sinless life on this earth. Think about this now. That's why the Bible calls him the spotless Lamb of God. There is no other human being that walked the face of this earth that you can call yourself spotless from sin. Amen. Not one. Only Jesus. Because think about it. The reason is because of that sin nature that gets passed down to every human being that comes into this world. Because they have a human father. Jesus didn't have a human father. But he was conceived by the Holy Ghost. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb. So that original sin didn't get passed down to him. Are you getting the picture? He was man, but he was also God. And he's called the spotless lamb of God. And he fulfilled the law. Remember when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. What was he talking about? He fulfilled the law. That's why the Bible says, if, uh, for a person who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they're, put into right, they're made righteous. They're put into right standing with God. Because that sinless life that Jesus lived, you're tapping into it by faith now. Because Jesus paid the price. He fulfilled the law. Now a person who's not a Christian, they're still under the law. They're dead in their sins, the Bible says. There's a separation. A wall of partition, the Bible says. Separating them from God, and it's sin. Amen. That sin has to be wiped away. God will not bless sin. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. God's not going to bend for just you on, on judgment day. Amen? Now, the point, another point I want to make. It is impossible to deny Jesus Christ and to say that you know God. It is impossible to deny the Lord Jesus Christ and for you to say you know God. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. You know, you hear it all the time. People who, you know, well, let's get Ozzy Osbourne. How many of you know Ozzy Osbourne? Oh, come on, you know who he is. He, uh, he probably listened to his music back in the day, didn't you? Come on. Quit being so righteous here today. Now, he said, get this, he said, oh, I, yeah, I'm a born-again Christian. He goes, I don't have a problem with God. It's Jesus Christ I have a problem with. <laughs> I, I, go figure that one out. It must have been all the drugs he took. I don't know. But listen, it's impossible to deny Jesus Christ and to say that you know God. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 22 through 23. It says, who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. They come in a pair. <laughs> you ever try going to a store, you try buying something, you know, there's two in there. You're like, oh, I only want one. No, you have to buy both of them. 
You cannot separate God from the Lord Jesus Christ. Impossible, according to the word of God. Amen? Now, uh, that, that would be like, think about it. That'd be a person coming up to me and talking disrespectfully, you know, about, about my daughter, about my child. Think about this now. And that person saying, coming up and saying, yeah, I know James. I have a great relationship with James. No, if you knew me, you wouldn't be disrespecting my family members. Think about it. Someone going around saying, uh, you know, using Jesus' name as a curse word all the time. They say, oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I know God. Uh-uh. You don't know my heavenly father. You don't know the God of the Bible. Who you're serving is the God with a small g, the God of this world, world system, that is. Amen. Hallelujah. But how can a person on this earth miss it for so many years and let their life slip away? And finally, when they take their last breath on this earth, their spirit leaves their body, it's too late. Game over. How can someone live 80, 90 years on this earth and totally just let it slip by and still wake up in hell when that provision was still there the whole time? I'll tell you how. Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm so glad you guys came today. <laughs> you know, it's good to hear the word of God. It straightens our thinking out from the junk the world tries to feed us. Renew your mind with the word of God, Romans chapter 12 says. It says, don't be conformed to this world. In other words, don't be pressed into the mold. The world's trying to press on you and I today to try to conform us to their system, to their way of doing things, which is totally contrary from the word of God. Right? Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I get a kick out of people at college. I got to say this. People at college, you know, who dress all, you know, far out and all that stuff, hippie stuff. And, and they're always saying, well, I want to be different. I want to be different. Oh, oh well, you want to be different? Become a Christian. <laughs> all you're doing is just giving into the world system and all the other junk of the world. You really want to be different? Be called out one, a Christian. Think about it. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3 through 4. It says, but if our gospel be hid. Now, I want you to notice the word gospel literally means good news. But if our good news be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world. Notice it's a small g. <laughs> it's talking about Satan. Satan. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. If they had a clue of what was to come, if they keep on going without Christ. If they had a clue of the reality of where they're going to wake up. They wouldn't stay the way they were. It says here... The God of this world, Satan, is blinding the minds of the people. I'll tell you, we are fighting a spiritual battle. Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places it's talking about our warfare is not in the natural but in the spiritual there is a spiritual battle raging today if you don't believe that there's a real devil if you don't believe that there's real demons you're sorely mistaken amen it's real amen. in fact i have a deliverance ministry i cast demons out of people don't tell me it's not real I've seen enough supernatural things happen as I was casting out demons. The word of God is true. It's real. So we see there's a supernatural blinding going on. Now that don't excuse the person. They still have a free will. The devil can never overpower your free will. 
You know how you hear, always hear, oh, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You just gave in to his compulsions. Think about that. Devil didn't make you do anything, but yeah, that, that compulsion was there and, and the, the attacks of the enemy, those thoughts, you just gave in to it. So, what does the devil like to do? He likes to uh, make a person blinded. He, he likes to keep them so busy with the things of this world where they're totally blinded to the spiritual reality of what is to come or the reality of Jesus. And finally, it's too late. Think about the people who, you know, well, John Ritter, this act, the actor, and these other people who, you know, they're going right along. Everything seemed to be great in their life. They'd put it off, put it off. He dropped dead one day. Just like that. You don't know when you're, you're going to take your last breath on this earth. You don't know. Don't leave this earth without making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. And if, if you think you're, well, I'm going to get into this too. In a moment, I'll hold off on that. But listen, Hebrews 9.27. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. We're all going to make one appointment one day, death. Your physical body's going to give out one day. And then it says, after that, the judgment. So, a person must receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior on this earth before they physically die. Think about that. Now, Jesus, and another point here, Jesus is written throughout the pages of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You cannot separate Jesus from the Bible. In fact, Jesus is referred to as the Word of God. Go to John chapter 1. Just like you can't separate uh, God from Jesus. They just go hand in hand. Jesus in the Bible go hand in hand. Can't separate it. He's written throughout the Old Testament and the New. All throughout the pages. From Genesis to Revelation. Look at John chapter 1. Verses 1 through 3. It says, in the beginning was the Word. Now, I want you to notice that word, Word, is the W is capitalized. It's talking about Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God. Verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. All things that, that were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. So now, we see here that in the beginning of time, Jesus was involved in creation. You see, when Jesus was born on this earth, that's not the beginning of his existence. He was, he was here before time began. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Trinity. One God, three persons. He just came into the natural scene when he was born onto, into this earth. Okay, And then verse 14, John 1, 14. It says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Talking about Jesus when he was incarnated, when God became man on this earth. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, people back in the Old Testament times really had a revelation of the significance and the need for the Messiah to come. you got to remember, back in the Old Testament, they were required to do everything the law said. They had to go out and get a lamb, uh, you know, a spotless lamb, which was a type of Jesus, by the way. Go figure. And God knew what he was doing, didn't he? he they would have to go out and find a spotless lamb and do all of these sacrifices, all of these regiments and all that stuff. Okay, so they knew their need. They knew that the blood of lambs, uh, of, a, of an animal, the blood of an animal, bulls, goats, lambs, it would never take away sin. They knew that. So they'd be calling out to God, God, send your Messiah. This is only a covering. Only the blood of Jesus can wash away the sin, totally remove it. And through him, you're justified. What does the word justified mean? Just as if I have never sinned when you come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
So they were looking. They knew that the things that they were doing was only a glimpse, a glimpse of who was to come. And that's the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, a lot of people think that Christ is Jesus' last name. <laughs> How many of you think? I used to when I first got saved. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, just like I'm James Brandt. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, Christ means the anointed one, Amen. the chosen one, the Messiah. You could say it this way, Jesus the Christ. But we just say Jesus Christ just to sum it up. It's not his last name. It's his title. Hallelujah. Galatians 3, 22. Galatians 3.22 through 26. Now, the Old Testament or the law, this is what this, this refers to here. I just want to bring this up. It says in Galatians 3.22 through 26, but the scripture has concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, meaning with all these ordinances, with all these rituals, shut up unto the faith which would, or what should afterwards be revealed. Verse 24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For you are the, all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. The point is, I want to make, is that the law, all of those ordinances in, in all of this stuff, uh, even the Ten Commandments, it says that it was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. It was never put in place to make a person righteous. It was put in place to show you your uh, inability to make yourself righteous. How many here can say that you followed, from, from when you were born to now, you followed the Ten Commandments perfectly? You can't do it, can you? Because the law is our schoolmaster pointing us to Jesus Christ, showing us our inability to live a righteous and holy life alone. It's only through Jesus that a person can live and in, in be empowered to live a holy life on this earth. Right? So don't, don't give the excuse to God when on judgment day, oh, I was a good person. I, I gave money to the poor. I, all only thing he's going to be looking for, are you covered in the blood of Jesus? That's all he's looking for. Remember Passover in Exodus, the book of Exodus? If, if the death angel seen the blood on the door, the death angel passed over. God's going to be looking for the blood of Jesus on you. And if you're a Christian today, you're marked with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it's only through the blood of Jesus that you can be put in right standing. Jesus fulfilled that law perfectly. So like I said, when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Jesus' perfect standing with God becomes yours. It's the great exchange, I call it. He took, he took your sins, he gives you his righteousness. The great exchange. Hallelujah. Now Jesus knew his mission and purpose for coming to this earth. Go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. My point is here that Jesus knew his purpose. He knew his mission for coming to this earth. <laughs> he wasn't in the dark. Look at this. Uh, Luke 4, 16 through 21. It says, And he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now, let me just camp out right there for a minute. It says that Jesus, you know, he was brought up in Nazareth. It says, And his custom to go into the synagogue, or nowadays you would call it the local church. Jesus went to church every Sunday. So is it important to go to church every Sunday and to have fellowship with other believers and hear the word? Yes. Why? Jesus is our example. He even went to church on Sunday. Well, come on. If anyone didn't have to, he didn't, right? He didn't have that sin nature in him. Now, 
It says it was his custom every Sunday to go to church. You need to go to church. If, you, if you're going to live a victorious life on this earth, you need to be connected to a local church. Amen. Don't expect to go out and, and you're going to do wonderful things for God and all that and totally neglect going to church. Why do you think God put you know, pastors and, and all these other teachers and, and, and a local church into place? To equip you, the Christian, for the work of the ministry. And, and for someone to be there in time of need. So Jesus even went in to the local church every Sunday. Verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Listen, Jesus picked this out from the Old Testament and said, yep, that's talking about me. Listen, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue or church fastened, fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Jesus knew his mission. What did Jesus do on his, in his earthly ministry on this earth? Well, he went around preaching, teaching the good news, healing the sick, casting out devils, setting the captives free. That's what he did. Now go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. So I'm getting ready to tie this up. First John chapter three. First John chapter three, verse eight. It says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. That's talking about a person who constantly practices sin. That don't mean that you're never gonna mess up as a Christian. Okay? But it's talking about he that committeth sin, it's talking about someone who constantly, daily, that's all they do is sin. An unbeliever here. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, Jesus said in John 10.10. 10, he said, it's the thief, the devil, demon spirits. That come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give life and to give it more abundantly. You know, listen. This mission... Of these two verses that I just spoke, this mission is still being fulfilled today through Christians on this earth. Isn't it true that 2 Corinthians 5.20 calls us Christians ambassadors or representatives for Jesus Christ? He said, the works that I've done, you will do also. His mission, his purpose is still being fulfilled on this earth today. It didn't stop when he ascended into heaven. Amen. Now, I was raised in a church that basically taught that. That when, when, you know, the last apostle died or whatever, all this other stuff, the power of God stopped. I didn't know any better. I just went to this church for 19 years. It was a dead church. Amen. So that's why I'm so uh, passionate talking about the power of God. Miracles still happen today. Healing still for today. Deliverance is still for today. Amen. That's why I'm so passionate because I don't want to rob you of your Christian experience. Amen. That's why. That's why. That's why I'm committed that this church is going to be a church where the power of God can flow freely Amen. and Satan's not going to stop it. I'm going to be on the offensive and not the defensive. Amen. Amen. Now, hallelujah. So if you are a Christian, everywhere you go, you represent Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, my, my uh, you know, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you in your spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate experience to receive power to be a witness for Jesus. But if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. So everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit goes if you're a Christian. My question is, where are you going? What movies are you watching? Hmm. Think about it. Everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit goes. And notice <laughs> his title is Holy Spirit 
Not just spirit. He's holy. And he expects you as a Christian to live a holy life too. Hallelujah. Now, because Jesus overcame sin and temptation, we can also as Christians. Hebrews chapter 2. Hey, I got to get as much as I can in this one service because there's some in here who maybe only come once a year to church. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm going to squeeze it all in this morning. I'm almost done. I'm just teasing you. Well, it might be a true statement, though, anyways. All right. Because Jesus overcame sin and temptation, we can as Christians. Now, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 18. It says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, Jesus, also likewise took part of the same. That through death he might destroy or to render entirely powerless him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Verse 15, and deliver them, that's us, who through fear of death were, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he, Jesus, took on him the seed of Abraham. In other words, he became a man. Verse 17, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining unto God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to secure or strengthen them that are tempted. Because Jesus overcame sin and temptation, if you're a Christian today, you can too. Amen. And Jesus knows how you feel. It says that Jesus was tempted in all points as you were, yet he did not sin. Come on now, you have the Holy Spirit, the one that raised Jesus from the dead, living in you if you're a Christian. Don't tell me you can't live a holy life. Amen. The, the, the Holy Spirit who is strong enough to raise Jesus from the dead, bring life into a dead body three days later. That same spirit lives in you as a Christian. You have the power to live a holy life. Amen. Now, my final point this morning. Every one of us must know that there will be a final judgment one day. There will be a final judgment one day. Listen to me. Everyone who calls themselves a Christian or a follower of Jesus Christ is not. We have some churches these days, if you've been hearing me talk about, some ministers who are promoting the gay lifestyle. And they call themselves Christians. Well, that's totally against the teachings of Jesus Christ. You love the people, you hate the lifestyle. You do not accept the sin. Or the lifestyle, all right? That's why Jesus said, by the way, you shall know them by their fruits, not by their title. <laughs> Everyone who calls themselves a Christian is not a Christian. Amen. Settle that now. Everyone who goes to church on Sunday is not necessarily a Christian. If I go and stand in my garage, it don't make me a car. <laughs> right? Amen. It doesn't. Now, look at this, Matthew 7, 21, two scriptures to finish up on here. Matthew 7, 21. You know, in 1 Corinthians, it always talks about, well, it talks about the, the body of Christ being like in relation to like a physical body. Some are the hand, some are the leg, some are, I joke around with people, I say, sometimes I think I'm the hand of the body. They say, what do you mean? Because it seems like I'm always slapping people up. I, with, I'm <laughs> Amen. This is the truth. I'm, I'm just preaching the word of God. It's true. Everyone who calls themselves a Christian is not. Matthew 7, 21. It says, not everyone. This is Jesus talking. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What is your personal life like? You know, you might be able to fool us and, and, and people who you're around every day. You might be able to put on a good show. 
But God knows your heart. He knows the truth. You can't fool him. And my last scripture for today, Revelation chapter 20. It's a sobering message, but it needs to be preached. Because I don't want anyone on my watch listening to my messages come to me one day on judgment day and say, you never told me. Listen, Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, or those who died before. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And, the, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man or every person, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My question is for you today. My question is for you today. Is your name written in the book of life? The Bible says the person who leaves this earth without receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior says they're going to go to hell. But it said that's the first death when they leave this earth physically, the first death. But then that scripture said there's a second death. is when that person stands before the Lord Jesus Christ one day and is judged. And there's no other choice. That person is going to hell for eternity, thrown into the lake of fire. That is the second death. We're all going to die once on this earth. But don't get stuck in that second death. It must be on this earth. Let's stand this morning. On this earth, you must make the choice. There's only one pen, one kind of ink that writes in the book of life. And that's the blood of Jesus. It's only through the blood of Jesus that you can be saved. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, friend, you don't know when you're going to take the last breath on this earth. If you're not a Christian, if you're a backslidden Christian, you know you haven't been living the life. You don't have assurance of your salvation. Today you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Today you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. See, God is a God of new beginnings. Not of a second chance, but of a new beginning. And if you want that new beginning today, I want you to come down this morning to this altar. Hallelujah. Don't leave this earth without Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now there might be someone in here today who has never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You see, the Holy Spirit, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in to your spirit. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit, when he endues you, he comes upon you to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you want to do that today, I want you to come down, and I want to pray with you to receive if you need a physical healing in your body, if you need a miracle in your life, a situation that's going on, you need prayer, I want you to come down this morning. Hallelujah. Don't get caught up in the deception that Satan would want to put upon you. Putting it off, putting it off. And then finally, game over. Don't do it. Don't play chicken with God. He wins in that situation.
don't matter what other people think around you. We're talking about your eternity. If you need prayer for any of those four things, I want you to come down to this altar this morning. Anyone else need prayer for any of those things? I want you to come down. Awesome day in the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, visitors. Thank you for coming. Uh, we love you. Be sure to come back. Come to our, if you're connected to a church, praise God. Uh, still, we invite you to our healing meeting, January 14th at 7 p.m. right here at Revival Christian Center. If you're looking for a home church, we love you. <laughs> we'll, we'll put our arms around you. Amen. And, and bring you into the family. Uh, have a great day. Drive safe. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen? Amen. Oh, and I'm going to give you the mic real quick. You have a quick testimony. Hallelujah. There you go. Donaldo wanted me to share this real quick. Um, God is so good. I don't know how many of you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I flew out there for the first time. I'd never flown before. So, uh, I was pretty calm the whole way. I was supposed to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma at 5 in the evening, and I missed a flight, and there were so many delays that I didn't even get into Chicago till 5. And so I was disappointed a little bit, but I was surprised at how calm I was, and it wasn't anything with me. It was totally God, and he was there for me. But anyways, um, delay after delay after delay, I wasn't supposed to leave Chicago till 11.17, and I wouldn't get there till 2 in the morning into Tulsa. And I'm like, any more delays, they're going to cancel my flight. I was like... I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to spend the night in O'Hare. And so um, at 9 o'clock, I saw that we'd leave at 11.17. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I only got two, three more hours to wait. So I said a little prayer. I closed my eyes. I'm like, God, please get me out of here. I don't want to wait anymore. So I went to the gate. They kept moving our flight, too. They moved it from E2 to EA2 to EA2 back to E2 or whatever. Kept moving our flight. So I, so I moved back to the one that was leaving at 7.15. I was like, I'm staying here till the flight leaves. Well, um, five minutes after I said that prayer, they started boarding people at that gate for Omaha, Nebraska. They got all the people on there. They took their tickets, and all of a sudden, the captain comes out and goes, where are these people going to the lady that was taking the tickets? And she's like, we boarded them for Omaha. He's like, this plane is not going to Omaha. He's like, I'm the captain. It's going to Tulsa. He's like, you need to get those people off this plane. So they got all the people off the plane, and we left Chicago at 9 o'clock. All the Tulsa people were clapping. We were so happy. So I got in at a decent hour, but... I just want to thank God that I didn't have to stay the night at O'Hare and that my flight wasn't canceled. Yeah, that's a rat race. Uh, hallelujah. That is answer prayer. I'm a commercial pilot and flight instructor too, by the way, and uh, I know the hassles the air traffic control system give. Whew. So, well, 
God bless you all. Go have fun today. Uh, Elizabeth and I have to go catch our flight to Hawaii here. So, uh, oh, no, that's just, I mean, we got to get in our car and go to Flint to visit families. So. Kind of different. I just want to see what it felt like. Have a blessed day. We'll see you later. We'll see you next year. Oh, no, Wednesday. We still have Wednesday, but amen. So afraid to move